0: I took the stone bowl in both hands and poured out my time onto the ground, drowning hapless insects feeding the weeds until the sun stood looking down and stole the stain. Seeing in the vessel's cup a thousand cracks, I looked back the way I came, and saw a trail green with memories lost. Whoever made this bowl was a fool, but the greater he who carried it.
1: Hello and welcome to Legendary Green Team's Malazan series. Welcome to episode three of the Reaper's Gale series. I am hearing fan and I'm joined by Befuddled Panda. Hello. Janeth as a boy. Hi. And a clearly drunk Ashman. Show us how much he
0: cares. Exactly. I care enough to spend money on alcohol to make
1: this conversation bearable. <laughs> Panda is now the only newbie. How are y'all doing? Uh, it's been a good. stressful week. It's, it's, uh, I'm sick.
0: It's almost <laughs> Canadian Thanksgiving. Oh, uh, yes. Which is my favorite holiday of the year.
1: Uh, when is Canadian Thanksgiving?
0: It's um, today. It is Friday. And the Monday is Canadian Thanksgiving. I've had my... I just, I just came back from my, my celebration with friends. And uh, yeah, that was good.
2: And you chose to like leave your friends to come record with us?
0: Absolutely. There's way too many people there. <laughs>
1: Shows how much he cares. <laughs>
0: yeah. I care enough to make an appearance.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I feel the same way. Too many people at a party. I do not want to be there. Uh, so stressful and sick. Mine is uneventful. i uh, got a got a pregnant wife, but she's uh, been fantastic. So no complaints here.
2: Are you uh, feeling... want to share anything? Oh, I was going to say if Janice is... Feeling better, worse. Mostly sure. better. Oh, but good. if it
3: starts really sucking, I'll bail early.
2: Oh, okay. Hope you hope you don't feel worse.
0: I gotta make it fast. Yeah, hopefully the conversation isn't that awful.
2: Will that be his excuse? He'll be like, um, actually guys, I'm I'm feeling really bad. It's right now. He's just gonna be oh. sick
0: every recording this time. You know? It's <laughs> like, oh mm, Ten minutes in, sorry, I thought I was gonna be able to do it this time.
3: Is today's day one of my vacation? I do not wanna be sick right now.
1: Um mm. Just Good will point. yourself the power of the will.
3: You the best part like... was I I woke up to a message from my dad, and he's like, I got bad news. I'm sick. It's not COVID, but it's a bad cold. And I'm like, funny you should say this. <laughs> Aww. I'm supposed to go to his house Sunday. So hopefully we both beat it by Sunday.
0: Or you can just be mm. sick together.
3: But then we'll like trade sicknesses. Or, That's like, probably,
0: make... It's probably the same one.
3: Four hours away.
2: Yeah. <laughs> They're I not and in families that Families tend to share
0: sicknesses.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> it has a very long incubation period and it started the last time you met.
2: <laughs>
1: it's transmitted through phones. Yep. Was there a book about that? Probably. Um. And this week, my Gardens of the Moon came out and it's beautiful.
0: Oh, so
2: Congratulations.
0: Jealous. And Subterranean Press canceled their second mini selling. Very sad. Yeah. Did
1: you see the reasons, though?
0: Yeah. Yeah. They've had a rough time of it.
1: That was printers, man. Yep. Okay, shall we start? Yeah, let's start. Um,
0: All right, chapter 13. We catch up with the Malesans on Second Maiden and on the coast of Letharus, learning what they've been up to since Bonehunters and what their plans for invasion are. Beak shows up and bums everyone out. Namander grows increasingly disturbed by Fade. Man, that Beak, isn't he just the worst? He He just makes everyone feel bad when they're trying to have a good time. He's, he shows up at the party. Makes everyone I feel start uncomfortable crying. Uncomfortable around him. <laughs> I feel I feel uncomfortable around him, so I'm just not going to hang out with him. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna avoid him and leave him alone. I you think know. if he started talking to me, I'd probably walk away.
1: <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Was it this chapter where he's t- talking about talking to somebody and like uh, he's like, yeah, he started crying. I'm not really sure why, but <laughs> yeah, and then some of them, <laughs> one of them gave him a hug and I then walked away. away. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, man, what do you do with this
0: kid? <laughs> yeah, he's got like some weird mixture of like neurodivergence and brain damage going on.
1: And not just that, he has like an incredibly tragic backstory that he just talks freely to people about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so like, my mother blessed me and like all my family's dead. And uh I saw my mother raping my brother.
0: Oh, and she also raped him. Ah oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do besides cry and maybe give him a hug and then walk away? He probably murdered them all. Very sad.
3: I love how he's like, got possibly more warrants than Quick Ben and nobody realizes it because nobody talks to him long enough to figure out he's like this super powerful mage.
1: Yeah, he's got him. Oh, he definitely has more than Quick Ben. Mm-hmm. Quick Ben has what, 12? 12. Quick Ben might
0: have access to 11? Some spicier warrants than him. I mean, Quickben. has got the the knowledge. Quickben's got uh, the knowledge. He's got twelve souls in him.
3: <laughs> I thought Beak has all of them, according yeah. to his tutor.
0: So, according to his tutor, yes. Uh, I don't think Beak has access to elder Warrens. Salon is an elder Warren. Um, but like, I don't think he has Amtos Falak, right? I, I wouldn't be, be
1: surprised. Um, I mean, he could smell the beast warn. That's an elder. Uh, that's a, yeah. That's another um, elder
3: Warren. Elder Warren. Yeah, but,
0: you know, I don't see him channeling Galane or Leosin. He cha- channels the You're an well, he lesser warrants, but those ones are usually racially linked. I can't think of an example where they're not, at least.
1: Yeah, but just because they're racially linked doesn't mean that other people can't use it. I mean, we had that argument before. Remember the uh, Trigel Trade Guild get make a past? No, well,
0: my argument there is that they can get into those warrants, but they're not necessarily using them.
1: Mm. Beak can do it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about Beak, Panda?
2: I really like his description with the candles. And it's like each warren he has, it's a different color. And then he was talking about the white light, and it's just like because he doesn't, uh, like you know, he, there's obviously some sort of like something different about him in the way that he understands reality and. Um, how he perceives it. And so the way that he said that, oh, I just showed them like all my light and then my family died. And it's just like, all,
4: mm, it's yeah, so
2: poetic yeah. and so tragic. But at the same time, when you find out about what his parents are like, it's like, well, you don't feel that bad about his parents. So,
0: I feel a bit bad about their servants. But uh, yeah, not, not. not
2: but if like, do you think the servants knew what was going on? If they did, like, you know, they could have stepped in. So, mm-hmm. anyway. Maybe. Yeah, but his brother is also very sad where he killed himself.
0: hmm <sighs> Yep.
2: What a bummer way to start the episode, guys.
0: Okay, let's go to a more fun I
1: blame Ashaman. Uh... <laughs> let's talk um... about Nemander Gola and his introspection.
0: Yeah, about his <laughs> homicidal sister.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, oh, even more fun than Beak.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was going to suggest we talk about Sin next, but yeah, Namander works. <laughs> You're the worst.
1: Um, Yeah, Namander had a short section here. Um, I'll say yeah, I used to hate his sections, but now I find them very interesting.
2: I'll be honest with you, I read that, and I was like, cool, next. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah.
0: I think that's the common experience for Namander, at least the first time, because it's just... Well,
2: first, <sighs> it's been so long since I've like encountered this character. I'm just like, Wait, who is this again? The name sounds familiar. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. One okay. of
0: those guys that showed up in House of Chains.
2: Technically,
3: yeah. it was only like fourteen chapters ago. He was in <sighs> Bone Hunters.
0: I yeah, guess. he was also in Bone Hunters, but he like wasn't really in Bone. <laughs> right, like he he hasn't he hasn't had meaningful sections until now.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
0: And now it's mostly just him being like, "Oh, I'm not very good at anything, and neither are any of my siblings or." Extended family members and oh, how am I gonna live up to Anamander? It's very mopey, but that's the so, end.
2: I mean, if you you are related to Anamander, like, kind of get it. I, mm-hmm. That's a lot, you know, com- to mm-hmm. to be compared to, to live up to. But then, if your like natural disposition is already like emo, just it's just like ten times worse. Well, not only that,
3: but like his history with Anamander, Anamander being like. I don't know, I mean, really know how to be a dad, so here's your brother. Yeah. Take my kids.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. And then his brother takes them to live on an island.
2: Like, alone.
3: Uh, alone, isolated from everyone but this, like, crazy old, 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 old hermit.
2: Yeah, yep. they're not very good at building a family, huh?
0: The Taists are so dysfunctional. <laughs> <laughs> they are. I mean, if you read Carcanus, it makes a lot of sense, but oh my. God.
1: Mm. Um. Well, it it was nice being back with the Melazins, right? Oh yeah. my God! Yes. Yeah. All the Melazin sections
0: in this are just great. Most of them are just the Malazans thinking about each other. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, it's good stuff.
3: It is. Uh, I really, I really appreciate like how Erickson kind of like is able to to almost trick us. Into thinking that he's shown the character of this entire army through like books four, six, and seven, and and on. Like, because obviously there's way more soldiers in this army than you could, you couldn't actually get into all their heads. That would take up the whole 10 books and more. But he shows us like such a broad swathe of them that you kind of like feel almost like you're like you know them all. Even Mostly though Marines, really, though. Clearly not the case. Yeah, that's true. Mostly
1: Marines.
0: Well, we haven't, of course, gotten to the head of Nefarious Bread yet. Oh, <laughs> <Right>. boy. <laughs> Just wait until that happens.
1: They haven't even mentioned it <sighs> yet. Surprising. Nope.
0: Not in the... Not yeah. in I wonder yeah. which
1: squad he's with. We'll find out.
0: Uh, read and find out, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Um, I really enjoyed the the lengthy Keneb section uh, mm-hmm. where he's talking about them burning the... The ships. The ships and Tavor's very... Cool speech. I, I really like that speech a lot actually. Mm-hmm. And then him thinking why the hell are we here and is this ethical? Because it's probably not.
0: Um yeah, tavor's speech is so it's so good and it's so classically Tavor. Cause it's not charismatic or inspiring at all. <laughs> or in any conventional way at least.
1: <sighs> I just I, I want to talk about the uh moral quandary they're in. So they leave an empire that's kind of rotten from the top, right? They go to a different continent that is run by another emperor and an empire that they wish to take down, um, and yet they're not even willing to do that to their old empire? Um, Well, I think it would be much messier if they did it to the Malazan Empire. Mm. Yes, it's much better to go into somebody else's country and kill the people (laughs) there.
2: Well, they were... They were doing it as a reaction for all the Melazans that were killed. A punitive
1: invasion. The Empire, yeah. yeah. A punitive for uh, the Empire that they're no longer a part of.
2: Right. But I don't know if it's more seen as like, well, who will answer for these people if not us? Because the Empire they just left probably wouldn't.
0: Yeah. Like, I would say the Melazan Empire definitely um, morally gray at best. But the Letheri Empire is so much worse, <laughs> like obviously worse, right?
2: Yeah, like well, they're
0: just straight up not a functional society, <sighs> I would say. But Malak like um, them, yeah, one guy. <laughs> there's there's I mean, a lot of other terrible people in Lazon Empire, but uh, yeah. he's 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 the worst though. <sighs> I think he's just misunderstood. I, uh... Oh
3: dear, <laughs> it's um. Well, you, you have, like, one empire where there's, like, Machiavellian, like, sort of internal power struggles, and there are, like, there are, but there, but it doesn't seem to be, like, every single person has that mindset that the people at the top have. It's just, like, an institutional thing at the top, as, like, with most or all empires, right? Uh, but... In Lothary society, you get in the head of like so many, like day to day people, like lower level officials, soldiers, functionaries, uh, whatever, whatever. And so many of them have that same mindset. Like it's like each, each against all in Lo Leth- mm-hmm. in Lothary society.
0: The Molson Empire is really bad if you are a cult of religious fanatics, a Heavily corrupt noble that's trying to mess with their power structure, and it's pretty much fine for everybody else. It seems like the the thing that Crocus levels at it back in the Gardens of the Moon, why he doesn't want it, want Derujistan to be part of it, is just you know that citizens become boring and efficient.
1: <laughs> Are you forgetting that uh the Bone Hunters left because they wanted to sacrifice the Wiccans?
0: Oh yeah, there's definitely a definitely a crisis of. Um, some minorities getting sacrificed, absolutely. <laughs> but the Lotharri Empire—like it seems like every, pretty much everybody we see is miserable with it,
1: right? I think we we, we talk about that later in chapter eighteen when Bug is having his uh, conversation with his uh, his lawyer. Yes,
3: <laughs> that was such a good part.
1: Um, but Kenan brings up the good question of why is Tavor doing this? And he thinks that maybe it's an even deeper plot inside the Malazan Empire, like the yeah. Uh, he
2: was like thinking about what happened with Lassine and Dujek, and he's like, "Is this yet another one of those?" And I was like, "Well, would Erickson do that same kind of thing more than once? Maybe it's
1: foreshadowing. Maybe it's a or maybe he just wants magic.
2: us to think that.
1: That's uh, brought that up. I think Kenneb is our only insight into Vor's uh, mind.
2: What about Lestara?
1: Eel? Oh, yeah. We haven't gotten much of
0: her in the um, Throat Slitter. <laughs> throat Slitter. <laughs> He's very perceptive.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And so
1: is Dead Smell. Smart guy. Dead
2: Smell is like creepy. Creepy. Uh, dead Smell's cool. How much he knows.
1: Yeah. Wasn't he the one that was talking with the the Andy and he knows, that's why he knows so much about the Eater?
2: Yeah, like he was talking yeah. to the heads, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, I, was I that was Witter-
1: with and Fayette and all them? Was, oh. was that the Widdershins
3: or Dead Smell? Because I thought it was Dead Smell at first, but then they they referenced Widdershins in that scene, and I wasn't clear on that. Fairly was- certain
1: it's Dead
0: Smell. Okay. Um, but since Dead Smell is a necromancer, I think he is also a necromancer in like the traditional sense, where he just talks to a lot of spirits. Right. That's so what it I it would make sense yeah. to me if he was talking to the to the heads on the Salanda.
3: Yeah. No, he. I. I do. He might have, but I do think he said our guest and he was talk. He was referring to Namander and Co.
2: Oh, okay. The,
3: <laughs> the heads are not their guests.
2: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh,
0: do you I, have anything else to say about Chapter Thirteen?
2: There. There was this whole thing about just wars. I can't remember who said it though. Um,
1: Beak. Uh, Beek was talking about the folk sale and sale. Just okay.
2: Yes. He says, that's the thing with the just wars. They never end and they never will because justice is a weak god with too many names. Anyway, no matter what language it spoke, its followers could not understand it. A mystery language, which is why it has no power because all its followers believe the wrong things. Things they just make up and nobody can agree and that's why the wars never end. And that I found this to be very poetic, um, very beautifully said, and it's like the same thing that um that Tenethal guy yeah, was, matter. yeah, because of what um oh no, I think it was Siren who was saying like um K- Keros Invicted was saying, you know, we got to make sure we're not um we become obsolete basically. Like, you, they constantly have to have an enemy. It's just, like, flip side of that saying the same thing.
1: Yep. Beak is pretty smart in a stupid way.
2: Yeah. And um, Feridun Sort, like, notices that.
1: Like, mm-hmm.
2: he's very smart. Yet also <laughs> not.
4: <love>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, because, I, I mean, I get it. Because, like, no other person, man or woman, really, like, gives him that much attention.
0: No, they're very turned off by how gloomy he makes things.
2: Or they just don't know how to respond. It's like, what am I supposed to do? I can't (laughs) help you. I can't fix it for you.
1: I got something to read. (laughs) I was born a stupid boy to a very rich, noble-born parents. Usually the first words he uttered to everyone he met. The next ones were, that's why I became a soldier, so I could be with my own kind. <laughs> oh Me
4: <my God>.
3: yeah. <laughs> um, I I really appreciated um, uh, Helion uh talking about how uh she needs her liver wrung out. <laughs> and she thought she thought lungs were were livers.
0: <laughs> She's got a second one. <laughs> oh yeah. I love Helion. She's so cool.
2: She's not my favorite, and she does like annoy me. But then there are moments where I'm like, "Ah, this is funny."
1: She's very she's, funny. She's actually
0: smart <laughs> too, uh, in a in a surprising
1: way. This is the the next chapter, though. Shall we move on to the next yeah. chapter?
0: Let's do it. Chapter fourteen: Hedge comes across the throne of ice. Onrat kills a mother and steals her children. Saren becomes more intimately familiar with Makra. Twilight departs with their people for the Isle. The Marines begin their amishing, and Tavor discovers that she has made a miscalculation.
1: Um, at the beginning of this chapter, uh, who is it? The Emroth and Hedge find a Jaghut mummified corpse on an ice throne. Yes. The ice throne. I thought that was cool. Yep.
0: But it's melting, so it's not going to come into play.
1: Mm. Obviously.
2: I did like the question that Hedge asked, like the way that he asked Emroth about basically, okay, sure, the the spirit of that Jacket is not here right now, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's dead. Mm. Yeah.
1: Maybe you said it. That's often how these things work, right? <sighs>
0: Man, Jaika just are way too durable. It's unfair to every other race, besides maybe the four Curl of Sail.
2: Well, like. Silcha's ruin is also very durable, and, and Gabby's <laughs> soul is still out there somewhere. There are a lot of durable,
1: and the Talani Mass have been around for hundreds of thousands of years. <laughs> there's a lot more of them than there are uh, jaghut. A lot more of them have died.
2: We're not. We're not going to start this again.
1: Silje's
3: ruin is also uh, an exceptional. <laughs> Get the character. <laughs> he's not like your day day run of the mill tice
1: Yeah okay, with well, let's, let's talk about his brother, the old one. Uh the dude was fighting like uh enemies with like a big ass beard and hundreds of thousands of years old. So I mean he's
0: pretty I would say that the average jaghut is stronger than everybody else in the series, minus some ascendants.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean we we've seen some weak jaghut, have we? Well, there's the one that's trapped in the tree and her brother, uh, the female jaghut that uh, was in Memories Clone of Hunter Ice. Was tr- oh, uh, it wasn't Memories. Uh her too, or the uh, the one that was with Pyron.
0: Uh, Are they weak though? They don't seem weak to me. They're just kind of doing their own they, thing. They
1: seem like normal people. I mean,
0: yeah, normal people, 100,000 years old, able to restructure climates entirely around them.
1: The the ones that I mentioned did not do any of those things. I mean you're you're taking these extraordinary jaghuts and saying
2: all jaghot are like this. Not all jack hut can do magic, right? Uh
0: I'm pretty sure it, I, I, well, the impression I get is that all of them can.
1: They
2: all oh. have a
0: connection to Omtos Felak.
2: Okay. So but it's not so it's not like the Telanimos where like they have their We
1: haven't seen all Jag Hut use them. Yeah,
0: Telanimos have like a yeah. few bone casters, yeah. Yeah. which are like incredibly rare, it seems. But, uh... anyways, <clears throat> uh... Onrak scenes; those are nice. Sad that he killed the Mlava's father M. Uh, Mlava's mother, though.
2: Yeah, I did appreciate the like uh, description of Onrak, and like it's very ritualistic for him, and it's also just kind of cool because. Um, Quick Ben and Troll were just like, but you're so vulnerable. Like, how are you going to take on this hunting cat? And they're like, we're going to help you. And then they see how big this cat is and they're like, how are you (laughs) going to actually fight this thing? And he's like, just wait, just wait. And that, that was really cool. But then when he realizes that it's not actually a male, it's a female. And he has that reaction.
1: I just remembered that Panda had the Great observation after recording last time, would you like to share, Panda?
2: Are you talking about the wind that with hedge? Yes, the wind, so we were like asking ourselves, who do we think the wind is? Is it just the wind? like where does it come from? And I was like, well, this book is called Reaper's Gale, and the wind, the way that it was talking to hedge, seemed like they were intimately knowledgeable about death, so maybe it's just like. Hoods, hoods whisper, but I don't know. I do. You do? You like know for sure? He knows for
1: sure. He's seen like ninety-nine (laughs) percent. I mean, there's nowhere in the book or any of the coming books, I think, where it's just like the wind is hood. But uh, (laughs) there's enough clues, especially ones that I'm not going to share now. But yeah.
2: Okie dokie.
1: We can ask Steve about it. Now we'll we'll talk at the spoilers episode, and you'll be like, oh yeah, it's definitely hood. Maybe it's possible. Um, did uh, is this a chapter where Sarah and Pedak had a uh, a chat with the voice of Makra? Yep. Yeah, that's uh never happened before. That was is weird. Is that voice also hood? <laughs> I don't think that <laughs> voice was hood. No. Damn. I do have theories about that voice though, but anyway. Did you catch the uh, the reference to Barithal in this chapter?
2: No. Where? Oh. Um.
1: I don't remember who said yes, it. Yes. But... I did. Do you remember who said it? Uh,
3: it wasn't. I don't think it was somebody saying. I think it was an internal monologue, like thinking about what had happened uh, on Seven well, Cities.
1: Th- the words were, "If, it, if not for that ex Red Blade driving open the gates and opening a path to escape, oh! there would be no survivors at all." Yeah. Yes. I forgot so we who it was. Know what Berethol did and why? He's just misunderstood. I
3: still don't fully know that. I understand what happened at Arin. <laughs>
1: Uh, no i have theories but yeah it's 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 very uh opaque
2: purposefully so um yeah.
1: fun fact i think somebody outright told him and he said uh, me and cam don't know either
2: oh yeah okay
0: and yeah it's just history right sometimes there are events and just like no one knows the truth of it it's like, well, maybe it could be this could be this who knows i got a
1: theory that i'm sticking with i shared it in our previous uh, spoilers episode but I can't I don't remember it, but
0: that. I'm sure <laughs> our listeners do. Uh, Tavor just has the worst luck when it comes to military expeditions.
2: <sighs>
0: just the worst. <laughs> <laughs> All of these things that like she would never be able to predict that just come screw her again and again. I feel so bad.
1: Oh, the Letharia are also in on it. We shouldn't be killing. <laughs> Couldn't she have like done more recon? Then we recon? Yeah. Um, like, I don't know. They're basically invading with, like, tons of recon units, aren't they? <laughs> uh, like, I, don't, they're, they're, I feel like
3: you could, like, send spies in or, like, talk to people who, like, trade with the Lothari regularly or, like, I, there, there would be ways to, like, gather information first instead of, like, drop in with, like, a fully planned invasion plan and, like, we're just going to do this. Yeah. I think
0: the implication is that they did as, like, did what information gathering they could on their way there. And, like, I, I, I they don't really have, like, people who are good at infiltration, right? Like, they, none of them speak the language. Um, they, they land on Second Maiden and they get some intel from there. Um, but the nature of the, Eater op- occupation isn't like broadly understood I think by most people that aren't intimately familiar with the land so I don't know they would need to do some pretty top tier espionage to-, to get that information I, w- I would think
1: that makes sense there was a point I think I don't remember where it was but they were in a bar or something and uh, the Malazans were pretending to not speak yeah. with or, oh, yeah, yeah. and and using like hand signals to you know, talk to each other, and somebody's like, oh, your Lethari suddenly improved.
0: Yeah. (sighs) That's after spending time with Lethari people, and also, like, they would definitely still have an accent, right?
2: I just feel like this whole thing with Tavor is, it's kind of, it's even more murky than with the whole Reriku thing. Because, like, Reriku is, like, she was given clear orders to go, and then this one it's like okay she is charting their own destiny and is it her trying to prove something is she is she like being selfish here or and you know using the whole like we are here to avenge these people who got killed as like an excuse or like she just doesn't know anything other than being in the military so if she is being kicked out from the Empire and they're on the run. She just doesn't know how to function if she's not.
1: Maybe they want to start their own Empire.
3: When I first I mean, read yeah. this coming off of Bone Hunters and seeing the way she like the the things that she and um was her name? Tamber?
2: Tamber? Oh, the, Amber? The... Amber? To Amber. To Amber.
3: To Amber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The way that her and to Amber acted in bone hunters and like the things they said and did like led me to believe as soon as I heard what her plan was here, that it was like a
2: pretext. Like there is something deeper. Yeah. yeah. What do you think that especially, it, well,
3: especially sorry. based on like the reading and like the card reading at the end of bone hunters and like the discussions that happened with Kalam right before he, mm-hmm. uh, like when they were trying to con- convince him to like not take Lucene's offer and all of that, like I was like, "Oh, this is not the real reason behind this. Like, this is just this is all a pretext to get at Rulod, basically." Gotcha. Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, that's about as much as I had at that point.
2: I mean, because she knows something about the crippled god, right? So, but
3: but what is it? I I, I wouldn't have. I didn't know at this time. You know, I was just okay. like, "Oh, this is all." This this is all a pretext. I mean, it sounds really flimsy, right? Like, they go off on their own. Yeah. And, and she burned and the like, transports. Like, she yeah, burned the ship. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it it just seems like, you know, like she's got bigger fish to fry than, like, revenge yeah. for
2: this island's fate. Yeah. Anyway, with the information I have, I'm not convinced that her the reason she gave is the reason. But... The tactics that they're using, oh, I love it. It is very specifically alien. Well, I mean, just like the way that they are all split up in these like little squads, right? And it's like a mixture of different roles in the military, um, mm-hmm. which makes it really interesting and fun because. We we've spent quite a bit of time with some of these characters, like in different contexts, but now seeing them all together and seeing how they're like getting to know each other. And it's like, oh, they haven't actually spent that much time with each other, like because the Marines are the Marines, right? Like the Sappers are the Sappers and the Heavies are the Heavies. Um I love the heavies. So it's just nice to see, especially when they keep saying like, Oh, this is hearkening back to when Kellinvid or before Kalimbed, um took over, this is how they fought. Um, this is
3: what the Malazan Marines were designed for. Yeah, well, before Kellinvid took over, there was no such. Th- I mean, the Malazan right. Marines weren't as as we know them were not were not a thing. Like the Malazan was like a pirate. The Malazan Navy was like a pirate <laughs> navy.
0: Yeah, and all of the uh, armies on the continent that they conquered con. Contali, um, just full of pompous idiots <laughs> who <laughs> did things like waste resources and energy and time, and uh, yeah, Kellenvet and Dasimult, Multor just managed to find a way to, you know, just punch right through those inefficiencies. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love I, the Marines.
3: I love how they're, like, talking about how, like, this is what the Molasa Marines were, like, designed to do. This is, like, what we train mm-hmm. for. And and, and and how, like, none of the things... Besides Gardens of the Moon, uh, up to that point, really did did that. Like mm. you, we saw that we saw them do it in Derujistan, and and then pull back from it because they were going to blow up the entire city. But uh, <laughs> but the, we, since then, it's all been these like pitched field battles and stuff, and yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Or like weird things like like confronting their own citizens at the docks and like things like that. Like we haven't seen anything like this and on this scale yet even though Mm -hmm. that's like kind of what they were always meant to do it's really cool
0: i got like a bit of it in memories of ice when the bridge burners were like shuttled forwards but
3: Mm. oh yeah and coral yeah yeah yeah. i I did have that in my head as well but but it was like not yeah there was that and um and also you get it a little bit in the seventh army uh
1: yeah yeah so what you're saying is you really want a Mottwood campaign book.
3: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> they keep talking Mott about would...
1: it. Oh my God. That sounds
0: like such a hellish experience. <laughs> Imagine fighting against uh, just a legion of people like Crump. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I mean, he's really good at digging holes.
3: Imagine having to take down the avowed. Like, it, we only hear them talk about the marines fighting the avowed but like we don't get to see it much
0: i would rather fight the avowed than the mott regulars that's my hot take of the episode
3: why <laughs>
2: is it because the mott would just take a bunch of holes and then you would just fall in and not get out
0: and they'll steal all your stuff and they'll, <laughs> they'll do like a bunch of redneck traps in the swamp
3: but wasn't it both to get weren't they like fighting with the weren't the mott and the and the crimson guard on the same side Against
0: uh, the molestants. yes, instance.
3: yes, yeah. So it's like, but both. like,
0: if I had to, if I had to pick, if I was going to fight an avowed or a mot irregular, the high marshal of the Mott irregulars, totally an <laughs> avowed. The avowed would kill me quickly. I would be obliterated from existence. I would not be made to like the feel the immense amounts of misery that fighting an irregular would.
1: It, don't and forget, still, it's also a squad of uh, high marshals. <laughs> a squad of high marshals, <laughs> an entire army, in fact. <laughs>
3: And they're all, like, aren't they all mage killers, basically, too? Yeah. The
0: regulars. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They're all, like, (laughs) mini-carses.
1: Before moving on to chapter 15, I just want to pour one out for, uh, what was his name? uh, Trentalo killed by Hellion Squad. Just a young youth.
3: Oh, yeah. Dude, that is a running theme in this book, is, like, showing you the the successes of the forces you're most politically rooting for from the perspective of somebody innocent who gets killed because of it. It comes up. It's, it's come up in this book at least twice now, if not more. It's so good. It's so, well so well.
0: horrible for the eater. Like their society is obviously not great, but they're just kind of getting screwed from all sides here. <laughs> the Lothari, the crippled God and the Malazans are all just wrecking them.
2: But like, I I they're, hear they're, you. They're the nobles
1: and... of the society, I... sort of. And... Like I, I should feel
2: worse. I think I should feel worse for the eater, but I don't. That's fine. I,
1: I, I'm with you. I mean, they're they're benefiting from the system, and they're the ones that went into it head first. And
0: I I would say it's more complicated than that, right? Because they don't they didn't have of a lot of choices when invading letharis right they could have done what han and moseg did what was gonna do which was probably the best option but besides that like they had to either jump into letharis or face extinction
1: i think that's a false dichotomy <laughs> i think that, that i think you're, well, you're simplifying something complicated it's like well, oh we, well they have, they have seen... to either become letharis or they're just gonna die
0: well, no, I said they could also do what a hand Mosaic said, but we see every other culture the Litharia have come into contact with.
2: That's true.
0: I mean <laughs> it didn't end well for any of them. That's true.
2: Except the Sheik might make a comeback? Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, the Sheik survived sort of through sheer misery and Yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> oh and the um what is it? The uh, there's that other group. You know what? Doesn't matter. And blue rose um, blue rose. No.
1: Yeah.
0: The, the Tyson, no.
2: But I have a I love question. love how their
1: stirrups keep coming up.
3: <laughs> Did you mean the Tarthanol?
2: Yeah, the Tarthanol. On,
1: like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The all.
2: Yeah. Um. So Warrens can speak. Is that really a thing?
1: At least Makra can.
2: But Makra is Makra, so.
1: Yes, Makra is Makra, which <laughs> makes it more complicated. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> It's just an illusion.
0: Seren Padak is instilling an illusion in her own mind without even noticing. And it's talking to her.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, she's talking to herself, right?
1: That's a definite possibility. Like, honestly, <laughs>
0: yeah, it's not even far-fetched.
1: <laughs> she's been using
0: Makra unconsciously since, like, the middle of Midnight Tides.
1: Uh, I wonder if there's any times where we can go back and reread her sections and be like, Oh, man, that's, that's not real. You know, other than when it's obviously pointed out to the reader. Mm. Like, later in our section. Okay, Chapter I'm 17. ready.
0: Chapter 15. Rulat sends his parents to the cells. Karsa and akarium come to an understanding. Hannah and Mosaic sends Ruth and Trina on his journey, giving them a quick stab for good luck. Bug vanishes the slaves from Sepik. News of the invasion reaches Trib and Null.
1: I know, like, less than two minutes ago, I said I don't feel bad for the Eater, but I really feel bad for uh, Tomad <laughs> and... uh
0: Ruth Ruth, and do you feel bad for Ruth and Trana? I feel bad. Yeah, I feel for bad
3: for Ruth,
1: Ruth and Trana. Yeah, yeah.
2: Like I don't feel bad for them as a whole, but there are individuals that I'm like, okay. Yes, yes.
1: Even King King bid big bad Rulad. I feel bad for him.
2: I kind
3: of feel bad for Hannah and Mosag, honestly. I,
0: I I feel bad for basically all of them. I feel the sort of the least bad for Rulad because he's doing such a bad job. <laughs>
2: I mean, he's crazy at this point.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's very crazy and yeah. he hates himself and he hates everything. I just, I, I don't know. I can't get that intimate into someone's head. And all he's doing is screaming for forgiveness all the time and just like. But then he does. Himself. He does some. He just continues to do awful yes. things. He, he, he does. does. Terrible things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, but it's, is that, it's.
2: Is that him or is that the cripple god? He just wants a peaceful death.
3: Like. He would have had that like three thousand times by now if it wasn't for the sword.
1: A few hundred at most. I mean he he hasn't even died a
0: thousand times yet. Would have been better for literally everybody if he had died on his journey to get the sword. Right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: But yes, I I do still feel bad for him. It's just, you know, I feel the least bad for him.
2: <laughs> well, I guess it's like you because you see you get to see his like inner thoughts and his struggles and then you see what he actually does
4: yeah like his like, action
2: oh, <laughs> and it's a, it's a little bit of a disconnect like i get it you know he's suspicious of his people and his parents and all that but he doesn't even give him mm-hmm. a chance to say anything and then he just for some reason even though he does suspect tribunal he just does i mean he gives so much power he, he just court. gives
0: all of the power to Driven Null, just easily. Like, dude, it's very d- frustrating.
2: <laughs> ah!
3: Yeah.
0: Do anything, please. That's not entirely self-destructive, and he doesn't. He just, you know, he always doubles down.
2: I really did enjoy the Carson Icarium little standoff, and yeah. Icarium's just like, yeah, you can find him first. Carson's like, really? Ooh. Okay. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I need your permission, and there's like an <laughs> understanding that passes between them. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any theories on what that understanding is, Panda?
2: Um, so they're basically like, Cars is gonna kill Rulad, and then the two of them are gonna go off against each other. Okay, right. That, was that was also wasn't an actually. Understanding
3: serious. that the is taftarthenol. Yes, at least um, in Karsa's mind.
0: I have I have a theory on on something on something more, but uh that'll that'll wait. That'll wait.
2: Are they related?
0: <laughs> uh maybe. It's maybe possible. Yeah.
2: Maybe like they're just they're starting to see, hey, we have so much in common.
0: Arsa's mother is totally Kilmanderos. They're half brothers. Maybe. <laughs> um speaking of feeling bad for Han and Mosake, man, he really just throws away all of the sympathy that readers have for him in this chapter when he stabs Ruth and Trana. (laughs) Yep. Not even for like a very good reason either. That's very frustrating.
2: Really? I was like, oh, is he doing this so that, um, what's his name? Bryce? Briss? Briss. Could like come back in Ruth and Trana's body?
0: (laughs) Well, it was, he didn't, he didn't intend to stab him in the the first place, but then he discovered the note that Ruth and Trana had. Of uh, Nisal's confession, I think it was, and he's like, "Oh, you're too doesn't smart even for know us." The and then he stabs him in the heart. Yeah, it, yeah, Ugh. right. I hope Booth
2: just... comes back and just like haunts the hell out of him.
0: Hmm. That sounds nice. Um, we also have Male Bug. He uh, he does a really nice thing <sighs> for the slaves from Sepik, and he, he does, does it against his own nature, which is impressive.
1: I like it when yeah. he goes against his own nature.
0: Um Panda, have you figured ha- have you learned what gistal means yet? As no. if if not, then I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say now because honestly it's not that it's not it's not really a spoiler. Um any case.
1: I think it's in the Dromus personae of Bone Hunters where it's said
0: Yeah. Oh, I, like that. I um, didn't read that. <laughs> yeah, it's not expected. Um but um okay, so Malik Rell, a a gistal priest of male. Yeah. just all just means someone who's doing blood sacrifices so male's power in these books in large part comes from Malik Rel's doing blood sacrifices to you know further his own ends essentially so that's, that's part spot. of why male had to go so hard against his own nature because the current nature of his worship is so bloody
2: but bug isn't like killing people what? <laughs> How does this
0: work? He's like, he's like the god of the seas. So, right. you know, when someone's drowning at sea, when there's like a sea storm, that's like partially related to male,
1: at least. Uh, yeah, he feeds on the deaths of sailors. Mm-hmm. Anyone who dies at sea uh, is given his blood sacrifice to male. Uh, fun fact, it's the elder god's equivalent to a destroyant. Uh, oh! Stall. Mm-hmm.
2: Does that mean when Ma- when Bug uses his power... More people die? No.
0: No, it's just like he has power in large, like he hasn't faded into irrelevance like a lot of the el- other Elder Gods, like Cruel, because people have been sacrificed to him.
2: Yeah, like I remember in
1: Gardens of the Moon.
2: He doesn't want to use his power as much because he knows the price of that power.
0: That's a big part of it.
1: I think that's part of it, yeah. And also like we had in his last section where he's talking about what his actions would do in the future and that would cause even more death. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's very worried about. Characters. Yeah, but remember, Kar- Karul was only resurrected because somebody died on his uh, right temple thing. Yeah,
3: uh, multiple someone's.
1: Um, I think this is the first time in the book, but it's said at least twice or three times in this section where uh, XX was a metaphor made real. Steve likes yeah. To think yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, we got a little bit of a nasty Grawl man's backstory. I would like feed. I girl, man. yeah. Oh, terror like feet. Grawl man. Yep. Oh. It also involved an uh, abducted child raised in a different cultural context, which I thought was uh, interesting.
0: Yeah, and it, yeah, the this this Grawl band destroyed the last of the people that were running with the daregoth I think I think they were the yep. yeah the cultural group from there. And who takes them away? Is it Edgewalker? I, I don't remember. I don't remember
1: either. I didn't highlight.
2: We it, so hear about Edgewalker here and there, but he's not really like in this book
0: yeah edgewalker is oh my he's so mysterious
2: <laughs> eventually i'll find out what he who he is you, you oh i so? hope so
0: I I, I I would like to find, find out who
1: edgewalker is. yes please tell us
3: <laughs> for more on edgewalker and the relationship of malik rel with the elder god male read the novels of the malazan empire <laughs> No Especially the one that comes right after this book, which is Return of the Crimson Guard.
0: Uh, Crimson—it's like kind of concurrent with this book, okay? isn't it?
3: Though I think the, the the proper reading order is—I mean, yeah, it doesn't spoil this book, even though you guys thought it did. But hmm. uh, yeah, it, the proper reading order has this book, then Return of the Crimson.
2: Guard. More books the, for me to read. They don't really spoil
3: each other.
0: <laughs> get to them when you can get to them. <laughs> um.
3: Edge walkers in uh, *Night of Knives* a lot, and that's the first. Oh, one.
2: okay. Oh, good, good, good. Um, in this chapter, there is um that whole scene with Tahole, Bug, and the um the Rat Lady.
0: Rucket. Rucket.
2: Rucket. And I she's have to be honest. Well, because it's like she's putting on this illusion, right? She's this giant woman with mm-hmm. lots of her. And she comes in, and then tae like, asks for a couch. And I was like, I have to admit, my mind went to the gutters. I was like, what the hell?
3: <laughs> tae mind was also in the gutter. the
0: entire- <laughs> Yeah, he was, uh, he's getting very excited at the thought of her getting stuck in the alleyway.
2: <laughs> I was like, um, wait, but they're out in public, so they're just gonna do it there? What? <laughs> nope, nope, it was just for her to sit on.
0: Just for her to sit on. Well, maybe he had higher aspirations, but...
2: Oh, <laughs> um, that whole conversation, man.
0: It was very horny. Ooh,
2: what a hoot. <laughs> eh, you won't fit. Anyway. Next.
0: Uh, chapter 16? Chapter 16. The Letharri slaughter the last of the Andean Blueros. The heroic quest re-enters Curled claim. The Shaker rescued by the Parish. Red Mask seems to make a tactical error. Uh... Yeah, poor one out for the uh, the Andy and Blue Rose getting slaughtered in their cave. Oh my goodness,
2: man! Like, come on, Animander's gonna have to answer, right? That's what I'm (sighs) anticipating. That's
0: the hope, isn't it? (laughs) Listen, listen, listen. They deserved it. Their ancestors were like, "Oh, we respect you a lot, and we're gonna worship you as our god." And then he's like, "No, I don't want that." And then, well, their descendants deserve this punishment, then, right? (laughs)
3: Oh. Flashback twenty called people who thinks he's a god idiots.
2: Well, yeah, but I I think Rake is one of those people who's like, on the outside, and then on the inside, you know, he's and like squishy coffee. marshmallow.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, you well, yeah. I, <laughs> I I have a complicated feelings about Animander's treatment of these people.
2: <laughs> mm, okay, fine.
0: But Animander is also not meant to be a paragon, so.
2: Hmm. I don't know I don't know Animander, hashtag squishy marshmallow I, He's a good guy, I would say But uh, I
3: always make fun of him by calling him the Mary Poppins of and <laughs> Practically perfect in every way
0: ah. <laughs> I'd probably assign <laughs> oh, that no. sooner to Krupp what? I could see what? Krupp taking out Umbrella and floating out of the story
3: uh, Okay, well that's true <laughs> <laughs>
1: This is the chapter where Talk beheads a guy with an arrow. He explodes his
2: guy head, yeah. Two guys, that was, right? That was yeah. Awesome. yeah,
1: that was awesome. Like Prince Ashitaka.
2: That whole scene yeah. was so thrilling. I mean, it's like terrible it that people are dying. Was it what?
0: Was it metal? Would you describe it as metal?
2: <laughs> sure, yes. <laughs> it was just, I mean, it was also devastating because... Talk knew these people were making a mistake, mm-hmm. and he was like, he could have left them to their fate and saved himself, but he chose to. He chose to charge in with them and kept going. And mm-hmm. then, yeah,
1: killed the mages with arrows. Yeah, like a bam. Killed a couple of them.
2: There's more. Kaboom.
1: We also um, learned a bit about some birds. Did that is messed them? up. The, the jerax,
2: jerax. I mean,
1: there Just, are birds like that. Yeah, I
2: know, but that's so messed up. Like, <laughs> it's it's basically like a Trojan horse kind of deal.
0: Yeah, but before the Trojan horse.
2: Yeah, is that the
1: second animal that kind of burrows its way into another? Because the that's a turtle. Some turtles were the ones before, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, they stole like well, they they stole the nests and um basically emulsify those eggs into this goo or something, right? Yep. To feed their young. Ugh. So is this whole theme just like people? Yes. I think the answer is yes. People um, burrowing their way into other people's things, area, society, and basically kind of like taking over from inside On the inside yeah I think that's a common thread
1: yeah
0: and just uh, also the notion of cultural mixing true in this way right because we, we also see this uh I remember the, the, the girl child from last time who uh, danced yeah, with the wolves for a bit yeah and the uh, all kidnapping letharia children
2: mm-hmm yeah I'm waiting the letharia, for her to come obviously, back colonizing. yep <laughs> Been a whole book. She ain't there.
1: Yep. <laughs> I want to read something from Banish jar For people with such simplistic worldviews, Banish jar knew catastrophes were disconnected things, isolated in and of themselves. There was no sense of cause and effect beyond the in- immediate, beyond the direct observable. A cliff collapses onto a village, killing hundreds. The effect of death that caused the cliff collapse. Of course, if one were to then speak of cutting down every tree within sight, including those above that cliff... As the true cause of the disaster, a cause that in its essence lay at the feet of the very victims, then fierce denial was a response, or even more pathetic blank confusion. And if one were to then elaborate on the economic pressures that demanded such rapacious deforestations, ranging from the need for firewood among the locals and the desire to clear land for pasture to increase herds all the way uh, to the hunger for wood to meet the shipbuilding needs of a port city leagues distant in order to go to war with neighboring kingdoms over contested fishing areas contested between the shoals for vanishing, leading to the threat of starvation in both kingdoms, which in turn might destabilize the ruling families, thus raising the specter of civil war. Well, then, the entire notion of cause and effect suddenly revealing its true level of complexity is simply overwhelmed. I like that section.
0: Um, yeah, we also get a- another reminder that the uh, the Amos, uh killed all their prey. <laughs> yeah. So... Yep. It's a difficult problem for humans, it seems.
1: And why did they do that? Because they're in a war with the jackcut And why are they in a war with the jackcut Because Jackcut were having Jagat tyrants. It's and why were the
0: Jagat having Jagat tyrants? Oh, unclear. Yeah. <laughs> so some are just bad <laughs> eggs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it, um, I forgot that Teleras and Kurtle were there.
0: Yep. They're dragons. <laughs>
2: <So> they show <laughs> And it was just like, they just show there. up and then they
0: just vanish again.
2: And they say something about, oh, because it's where Edgewalker wants and then... Like, what a tease. Mm-hmm. But speaking of things that I forgot, um, whatever happened to Telemandus?
1: Oh, the uh, the twig?
2: Yeah, the little little Vargas.
1: Yeah,
0: he's around. Mm, yeah, well, he's, he's he's not around, but you'll see him again.
3: I had that same question for a while during these last this since, like, House of Chains.
2: Yeah, because, like, you see Quick Ben here and there, and then... Mhm. What happened?
0: We didn't find it.
2: But it's... It, I don't know
3: if that uh if the Kirtle and Teller thing is as much a tease as it is a revelation. Oh, yeah? The, well, it, it, it is a bit of a tease, because I don't know why, but the implication is that Edgewalker let them get away with Absalar in mm. Hunters, So it's... It, it, it is a bit of a tease, though, because why would it, why did Edge Walker want them to go along with right. to leave Shadow with uh with Absolar? I don't know the answer to that, but um the fact that he knows and that they didn't like get away without his knowledge because he like kind of polices the boundaries of Shadow, right? I, guess. I mean like, that makes sense. He's his job Edgewalker. is keeping people like that, like uh-huh. stuck, caught, and they're out, and then and he's he's in on it.
1: Why is he a walking skeleton?
0: Um I will say I think the mere presence of Teleras and Curtle is a tease because we know they're dragons. <laughs> <laughs> and any moment a dragon is not just like completely dominating a story with its fire breathing and stuff, right? That's but like that's, that's a moment dragon. that feels kind of dissonant in fantasy.
2: Hey. hey. So like they'll just blow blow hot air at you. <laughs>
0: I, I, you know what? You know what, I'll say they're—they are a pair of Chekhov's guns.
2: They do, yeah. I mean, I'm waiting for them to like, you I, know, rip something. open the door or something, metaphorically yeah. speaking. Is there a horse god?
0: Uh, horse it god should be. You know,
2: maybe. it probably is. Probably some like, if there word. was a horse god, that god would be so powerful because, like, so many horses have died.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's also been a lot of humans that have died.
2: Yeah, yeah. Eh, That's yep. true. But like the human deaths are like spread out, you know, amongst all of these different gods.
0: I think the answer is the horse god would be powerful because it has, it would have the loyalty of all of these tribal societies like the Wiccans. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be unstoppable.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And the Grawl.
0: Yeah, and the Grawl. And the yeah, the Grawl horse is very powerful. Maybe they're all just like mortal swords of the, In the horse city. god. <laughs>
2: I want a horse god, please.
0: Steve, you heard it here first. Horse god in Melasen. <laughs> it's necessary he's to save answer, the
2: series. He's going to answer for all of these poor horses who are just collateral damage.
1: He's going to he's going to put it in Carcanus. Can I, I can read see it coming up in a uh, Balclian and Corbel Brocher novel?
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Like the the horse god comes back to life and it's wreaking revenge on all of the deaths that happen in the Book of the Fallen. Yes. Yes. And then Bacalane has to put it down.
3: Oh,
1: it would be hilarious.
3: And it would be hilarious. <laughs> Bakalane is the best character in the series.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, let's go to chapter seventeen. The Marines discover the Letharia are just fine with their current arrangement. Fiddler shows off his skill with drums. Hedge blows Amroth to suddenly bloody bits. The Marines think about how much they like each other. Tavor makes arrangements for the island and secures a pilot.
2: Okay, let's just let's just talk about Fiddler, please. Because
0: Yeah, what would you like to talk about?
2: Um, I love that I get more Fiddler. I would like more Fiddler, please. And also, what a badass. And just the <laughs> way that the whole drum thing was described, it really was very, It's. it was like I was watching a movie. I could see it in my head. And like, you know, you're, you're getting nervous just for him, even though you're like, this is probably going to work out for him. Because Fiddler Fiddler has to survive through the end of this. That's all I'm saying.
0: That's a nice thought. Interesting. It's a really nice thought.
2: I mean, he might make like a sacrifice, you know, at the end as like an all, all like, you know, holy moment or whatever. No, not as an
0: all. He he takes out his last custer and throws it on the ground in front of him like Hedge did.
2: It is.
1: Fid from Cuddles' perspective too, and just like yes, that yes,
2: yep.
0: yes, I
3: love how the thing he was most afraid of was being disappointed and not dying.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cuddles just thinking about how he's passively suicidal all the time. The reason he stays alive so he can just watch Fiddler
1: do his thing.
2: <laughs> and Fiddler's like, "You can go," and he's like, "Uh, uh,
1: <laughs> no." <laughs> Fun fact: landmines are a war crime.
2: Oh, good to know.
1: Um, yeah. Good thing they
0: don't have war crimes in this universe. Yep. No Geneva Convention uh, for them lessons?
2: That I mean, everything they they're have... doing
0: is okay. Yep.
2: Oh yeah. They don't I have things are only
0: bad if people tell you that they're bad.
1: Well, I want to talk about Uruhela because I was really sad when she died. The uh-huh. uh just the character I I don't remember her from the last books, but when they tell her to go knock on the, the farmer's door and she's like the demon farmers. And she doesn't want to, like, lie to them, so she pours out all... She's like, oh, I can't really say that, but, like, what if I tell them that I need to fill up my my thing? And she pours out her water so she doesn't have to lie to them. She was just She's... so sweet, and then she gets, like, cut in half by the demon farmers. Um...
2: Like, why couldn't the demon farmers just talk to them? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: unfortunately for Urella, um, the demon farmers are such a funny moment in the book.
2: They have demon farmers. They have demon kind of
1: <laughs> hellhole if we <you> climbed
0: into.
2: <laughs> I forgot th- that we had seen them before. I was like, what the hell? It kind of it's funny, but it kind of ruins in, the moment. In
1: Midnight Tide's series, I think I I kind of hinted that they were coming back, but yeah. What why does it ruin the mute moment?
2: Yeah. Not so long
3: ago. It's a funny moment, but it also kind of uh, it gets at something that's, like, uh, in a lot of, like, war movies and and war fiction, and presumably there's, it's because it happens in war, which is, like, when you, you're with a squad of soldiers and you think that you're, you know, going to find uh, solace or sanctuary amongst the local population, and then all of a sudden they're shooting at you or... Blowing you up, yeah. And so it's it kind of hits at that 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 like theme, but but in a comical way because obviously they're fucking mm-hmm. demons that are trying to live a peaceful life farming.
0: I their voices to in my head are just like the most posh British <laughs> weird voices out there.
3: See, I don't have voices for them in my head because I listened to the audiobook Oh, so
0: it's just, mm, shame.
3: That's not what he. <laughs> that's not how Michael Page voiced them
2: mine is not like posh British it's like really nasally and whiny it's like complete that's opposite. To
3: what Michael Page does with them. Oh okay.
0: Interesting that's yeah. definitely not where my, my mind would go for uh, for these guys
2: I think it's cause you're Canadian
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the implication there is
2: you're closer it's to bad. the motherland
0: <laughs> closer to the motherland <laughs>
2: I guess you didn't. You didn't fight against. Never mind. Okay, too soon.
4: Uh. Too soon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty close to the Quebecers who uh, were fighting against the British long before the Americans.
1: I got a call back to Renal. Uh,
2: yes, Renal. When they said the, the Renal, the leaves on the trees, or something. Yeah. Yeah, I caught that. The
0: molasses are just kind of disgustingly effective. As as soldiers, why
2: disgustingly?
0: Well, because it's like it. A lot of the times, it like doesn't even feel fair, especially with the more munitions Like it goes back to the notion of like honorable combat. Like, what does that even mean? But like these Letharian eater, they're fighting have like no concept of how dangerous their their opponents are, and the Melasins like destroy entire squads of them. Sometimes hundreds of them. In in the case of Fiddler and the Drum. And they like lose like one or two marines.
2: Mm-hmm. If that right. also disgusting
1: yeah. because of the descriptions being yes a
0: really and, and, yeah. and yeah and also like the the Maranth munitions are obviously horrifying in their uh... they are yeah yeah
2: but I did like the little um, glimpse into the history of the Lazans and Maranth, like oh yeah how that relationship formed yeah, but it's like,
0: Hedge were the ones that started yeah. it all.
2: That was so fun. It's just uh, I, like fun but also kind of breaks my brain like they literally had to go and try every single one of these weapons. Mm-hmm. And like the descriptions of um you know why they named it something. I'm like that means they must have like experienced this themselves mm-hmm. like the sharper or whatever. Right? Like the the bits of metal and like bleeding from your ear. I'm just like
0: and they discovered that the, you can't throw the cusser a safe
2: yes yeah. <laughs> Like, how are you still alive, Fiddler?
0: Yep.
1: Does Korok and Smiles freak anybody else out? Uh, no, I love Smiles.
2: They don't freak me out. It, They just I think are there. People
1: who are turned on by extreme violence are uh, freaky-outle. Eh,
4: yeah.
0: you know, it's just, it's uh, like... It's... It's just another variant of being turned on by like extreme effectiveness at something, which is like super common, right? Smiles has just like had an incredibly traumatic life. So I can definitely see why she would like e- even just like see someone like Korik as uh, attractive because he could like protect her, right? Because no one was there to protect her and her sister, essentially.
1: Yeah. I think the way she described it is a lot creepier than that. Yeah. That's oh, true. Oh. Sure. But
0: you know, people aren't always aware of like the deep implications behind why they find things attractive.
1: They just do. I think finding a murder attractive is uh, weird.
2: I mean, murder, I don't condone it.
1: <laughs> I, I I agree, but as as much sophistry that Ash is going to go for, it's weird.
3: No, yeah, it's totally weird. I don't know if I would call a soldier doing their job a murder per se. Uh, yeah, that's fair, but but. but...
1: It seems like she was just really obsessed with the violence that Quirk like, and Quark obviously loves himself. it too.
3: Yeah. She's like, I
1: love killing. She's like, oh, wow. Yeah. She used to hate him, which I think is funny. Hate and love are not very far apart. And the, 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 the subjects or uh, the stuff in perspective of Tar was cool too, and his uh, his nickname and learning from Brave mm-hmm. and And the whole thing Korob. with Korub. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah, I don't like this Korab guy. He's like, I got to stick by Tar.
2: <laughs> he's it. like yeah, no, that this guy keeps getting in front of me <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: i'm meant to be the one in front
2: Grr. yeah i really enjoyed it I, the whole pairing thing and the complimentary of the different characters i really enjoyed that mm-hmm. even though yes smiles and cork are creepy but they complement each other so well
1: that is true and it, it's it's kind of funny in a morbid way are we going to talk about hedge killing emroth
2: yeah Okay, so I mentioned in the DMs that, like, I wasn't expecting Hedge to really kill Emroth. I thought that Emroth, once she rehydrated, basically, would have a change of heart. <sighs> I mean, that's literally what I imagined. That's,
0: what? Yeah, that's that's what the ritual did. <laughs> it just dehydrated them.
3: <laughs> I said, moisturize me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, have you no. seen Doctor Who? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: I know
0: what you're no. talking about. yeah.
2: Oh dear! <sighs> but yes, head head blows her up, man, and he. So he didn't realize that she was going to have that transformation, right? And then when he realizes,
1: the explosion moved her body part past the barrier. Yeah, he's like, wow, she had a nice leg.
3: Hmm. That's, so that's so creepy to, to, to <laughs> put them for that to go through his head at that moment
1: yeah that's really weird uh that's like beak thinking about his mother weird
3: <laughs> yeah um yeah that was really sad and like i also like wasn't even before it got even sadder i wasn't really on board with him killing her i, I don't know it seemed like a she big overreaction
2: seem... yeah she didn't seem that antagonistic yeah, and
3: like, what the hell does Tedge care? Like, I, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around like what, like what his stake in thwarting the crippled god
0: is. I mean, hit him and all of his squad. Were yeah, killed by servants of the crippled god.
3: Oh, right. that's <laughs> memories, of memories of ice was
0: like because <laughs> See, of the I was god. only thinking by about all these the, people uh... eating each other. And... You're right.
3: You're right. You're right. Because <laughs> I was only thinking about back to like the bone hunters when he came back. I wasn't thinking back to like when he was alive. And yeah, that I got it.
1: Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and her, her real identity, or her one of her alter identities. A hedge doesn't know this, I don't think, but was Imroth the cruel of you know. Karsa's tribes gods,
2: right? Yeah, I but, I figured that out. That yeah, this must have been one of those broken gods, seven faces in the whatever. Yeah, yeah, that which
3: yeah. I mean, yeah. I knew we knew that, but like, you know, I could see
2: Karsa doing
3: it, but I didn't. I forgot about Memories of Ice and like why why he's dead in the first place.
2: But so like Hedge is headed towards Starvel, whatever. Is that
1: somewhere? Wait, He's headed towards wherever Quickbin is. Yeah, right. Because they hear What is
2: the words. dragon? Dragon. Um. Arval no,
1: yeah, right.
2: It yeah. is Arval Demolene. Do we? What? Why do? Oh, right. He talked about it, didn't he? Yeah. He did. He mentioned it. He was like, was "We were like, both going we to the same."
3: I but now I remember because because Imroth and him talked about it right before he blew it up, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, like
2: I. Yeah,
0: I I get why he did it. I I don't feel super bad for Amaroth, but um
2: Oh, well, you don't you don't like the Tilona math.
0: Like with the benefit of uh infinite context. <laughs> then I'm like, yeah, probably a bad move, but like it, it also just might have been the correct move for Hedge to make in a like a Machiavellian sense, like, yeah, maybe she would have been able to convince a lot of the Amas to follow the crippled god, and that would have really messed with everyone's plans. But, you know. So, yeah. Counterfactuals.
3: But without, but when I was not, yes, but when I was not remembering, like, why, why he had a stake in any of that, that's why I was like, what? Yeah, he just goes up
0: blowing thing? up random people.
3: Right, that's <laughs> what it felt like to me. I was like, why is he, why is he doing this? Did Peron tell him there to was... do this? was, I thought they were starting to get along. <laughs> yeah. And they were saying, a bit,
0: yeah. yeah. That's why he's so sad afterwards. Or oh, sorry, he tells himself that he's not sad or sentimental. Sure,
3: mm. yeah. That Fiddler's
2: might... the
0: sentimental one. Yeah, Fiddler's the sentimental one. He says wiping away a tear.
2: <laughs> oh, I want Fiddler and... H- Wait, Fiddler and Hedge do... No, Quake, Ben and Hedge. Okay, never mind. Unite. Chapter 18, yes. we'll talk about that. Um...
1: So we talked about it earlier, but this is the chapter in Dead spell. uh Dead tells the uh the Sheikh all about their history mm-hmm.
0: oh, yeah, <laughs> and like the etymology behind Yanto was his name. just hilarious.
2: <laughs> yes,
1: he's very learned
0: he's he's mansplaining. That's what it is.
2: just uh, making sure everybody's on the same page,
0: yeah. Steve wanted to make sure everybody knows the history of the Sheikh. We're good. excellent.
1: <laughs> Last chapter,
0: chapter eighteen. Rulad shows off his political cunning by ceding all the military power in the empire to Tribunul. Karas Invicted shows off his newly acquired wealth. The errant sets up a trap, which Bug kindly falls into after defaulting on his debts. Tehul and Janeth are relocated to the Patriotus dungeons. So sad that uh, Janeth didn't remember her love, Tanel Yathvanar. It's like a Ten. 500 Days of Summer kind of thing.
2: Can you can you say that <laughs> name again? Tanel
0: Yathvanar.
1: Yeah. No. I don't have much to say with this chapter. I mean a lot happens, but a lot of it just makes me angry, so <laughs>
0: yeah. Rulot continues being the worst emperor.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was sad. Uh is
1: yeah. a weirdo and evil and I hate him. And the Errant's a weirdo and I hate him. And he messes up Bug. Uh but the chapter uh the section between Bug and his what's what's their word for lawyer? Advocate? I think it's yeah. advocate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah it was one of the best in the book so there's yeah
3: that. it was amazing
0: hilarious yeah
3: um yeah i find the errand and the and, and to, to be i i i i hate reading them more than i hate them i and <laughs> so bored i find them so boring
0: <laughs> interesting
3: they're just bad guys and that's it. there's not much to them and I thought that the errant was gonna be so cool when we were uh, I know Tides like it seemed like there was a lot of buildup around the concept of the errant and and then it's just like, oh, it's just this like really ambitious god and he's just like kind of like if opon wasn't fun and um uh,
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't like him. <laughs> i I hate the errant. I do think he's interesting though.
1: Um, I don't particularly care for um Knowles sections, but I think uh, the errant sections are some of the most interesting, especially when he's just spying on what's happening in.
2: That's true. His
3: observations
2: are helpful. Yeah, I think. Yeah, many...
3: the the okay, yes. When he's just when he when he when we're seeing like the throne room politics through his eyes, that stuff's cool. But when he when he's just like, oh, I'm gonna get my power back and uh, I'm gonna take on the master of the deck and, uh, and I'm just like what well, I don't
1: care would you call him a box of poo <laughs> I don't remember you said it was it was very funny though
3: something about like how there was a bunch of build up and I couldn't wait to find out what was in the box labeled errant when I was oh, yeah. in my time. so then I opened it and I was just like oh this is just a stinky poo <laughs> I don't <laughs> know <laughs> At the time, Panda was voicing her discontent with the Errant character. Yeah, Trick Null is even worse, though. I, well, I, I, I don't like reading Null
2: either. So, the Errant is also his father and his lover, was his lover. Like, yeah. Yep. yeah. This is so messed up. And why, how did Erickson, like, even think this up? Like, the guy has a pretty brilliant mind, you know? Like,. Being able to portray all these different kinds of people in, in a very like genuine, authentic feeling way. And then there's like this where it's like, why, how did you even go there?
0: He's an anthropologist.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, yeah. he, he, he has never written anything as bad as I'm sure as some of what he studied. <laughs> yeah,
4: that's
3: probably true. Um, the... Oh, go ahead.
1: I just incest is a very interesting topic, and uh, it's sometimes very fascinating to read about.
3: But like- some sure, this is—I don't think this is one of those times. But yeah,
1: <laughs> no, I'm talking about real accounts. Oh, yeah, this oh, is okay. just like, oh.
0: But Jovanola <sighs> has such nice hands. What are you talking about?
2: <laughs> okay, I don't want to know about his hands. Like that part was so boring.
1: I didn't get it. I'll say that. Uh, but if it was there to creep me out, it did its job.
0: I had right. thoughts like, while I was reading it but I've forgotten them.
2: <laughs> was that just to like give us some sort of realistic motivation for what Tribunal wanted to like do like to avenge his hands.
0: He's a very consistent character. So like his hands are another method of characterization. Were they necessary? I have no idea. You know, it's different strokes for different folks.
2: I think it's basically like, look, this guy is just so the Like, I need to give the reader something for this guy's, like, weirdness and motivation. And here's an example. Here's his hands. We certainly remember it. I guess. Yeah.
0: Hand, hands are how you, the primary ways in which you affect the world, right? If he's obsessed with his beautiful hands. What does okay, that tell fine. you about him?
2: <laughs> another metaphor, real.
0: Yep. Another, yeah. That's, that's like the entire series. <laughs> Steve just thinks of all the metaphors he possibly can. Is like, how can I make this real now?
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> um, The advocate scene. It's yeah, very good.
0: So, it's so good.
3: There's a particular, like, two and a half paragraph exchange that um, <laughs> reminds me of... I mean, they're short. It's like three sentences, basically, or so. Uh, it reminds me of... Um, like of me. Uh and how often I get called cynical for pointing out the way things are in our society in very similar ways to the way Bug is pointing out the way things are in Letheri society, which is also a you know, very parallel to our society. Anyway, he's talking to the advocate and he says he's been, he's been accused of being cynical. So this is Bug to start. Your cynicism lies in your willing abuse of others to consolidate your superiority over them. My cynicism is in regard to humanity's willful blindness with respect to its own extinction. And the advocate replies, without that willful blindness, there is naught but despair. And then Bug says, Oh, I am not that cynical. In fact, I do not agree at all. Maybe when the willful blindness runs its inevitable course, there will be born willful wisdom, the revelation of seeing things as they are. And that really. I was like vindicated
2: by bug. Yes, I did think of you when I was reading that passage. That specific one.
0: I, I was reading the passage and was like, "Man, yes, uh, uh, Janeth really seems like this advocate." You know, from the, <laughs> from the alligator nature to the yeah <laughs> to the to the ruthless defense of capitalism. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> that's him right there. Um, yeah, I I like it's it's such a funny exchange and it's very heartfelt at the same time you
1: know yeah it's so good tayo also has similar thoughts later about the the value and virtue of possession and uh, different sets of rules for different classes of people that was quite good
3: yeah it's a lot longer though i highlighted it as well but i wasn't gonna read it
1: he makes the excellent
0: point by the own rules he's the one that gets to make these decisions because by the rules of their system and by their philosophical foundation he is the paragon of their society
3: in terms of um in terms of results yes
0: yeah in terms well like that's that's what the theory society is structured around right like it's the accumulation of capital above all else by any means necessary well he's the one with the most capital right <laughs> and mm-hmm. he's like he could get so much more presumably if he wanted to now, and... do you
3: believe that he is, or do you think it's Kairos Invicta?
0: Ah, uh, see, that's the that's a good question, right? Um, that's probably that's like probably like an argument to have for like the next book, because <laughs> oh. we get, yeah, yeah. I do think there's a lot of interesting discussion to be had
1: there. Um, and they do have some,
0: yeah,
2: plucked or unplucked. Um, With I think we methods. did
1: we established last episode that um at least Ash and I really like our. Uh, feathers. So I assume. Well, our tea un- with unblocked. feathers, right? But Well, I mean, if you just get chicken soup with the unplucked chicken, it's basically, you know, chicken <laughs> inside the tea. Um, it's like a twofer. But if you have a chicken inside a pillow. Are I you saying
0: you probably, like them unplucked? I would probably want the chicken inside the pillow to be plucked. You know, if it's going to Ch- stay there. Really? I thought yeah. I knew you. <laughs> I mean, if. If I'm worried about the chicken's well-being, I want it to be unplucked. But if it's going to stay inside the pillow, probably it needs to be plucked. You know, there's less chafing. There's less, you know, detritus. Harrison Vic dead. Oh man, what a character. He's uh, he's been going by, and people haven't really been taking him seriously all book. Oh, now he has all the money. Or so he thinks. Or so he thinks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's, Maybe it's a bluff. Maybe it's a bluff. There is um. The movie Jojo Rabbit,
4: uh-huh.
0: um, very good movie. Um,
1: uh-huh.
0: It's my favorite a, war movie. Yeah, it's about a boy and his imaginary Hitler. Um, highly recommend it. Anyways, one of the stated purposes of Taika Waititi, the director of the movie, um, was to make the Nazis seem both ridiculous and acknowledge how dangerous they were. Karras uh-huh. Invictus, like he is both really ridiculous. <laughs> And very dangerous. I, I like how Steve does this. Because, like, mm-hmm. even while he's confronting uh, Trip and Null, Trip and Null's like, oh, he's he's trying to be intimidating, but he's so short. Um, mm-hmm.
1: I agree. And I think Taika did a very good job. But I also think he did a really good job of humanizing them. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say that because um, there's a lot of Nazis in that movie, like Kay and Jojo and Jojo's friend. And uh, they're great.
0: Yeah, the, the the best examples of the ridiculous but dangerous is the Gestapo.
1: Great Yeah. That's
0: a good scene.
2: I guess Ubalala Pong is like on his own now.
1: Oh, so sad.
2: Poor Ubalala. What's he going to do? I don't know. I don't think this is him. This is like Ericsson writing him out of the series. It's not.
0: So, so the errant traps male here. <laughs> Yeah, Um, I, I really like the nature of the errant's power. It's so frustrating, but it's also like, in in my opinion, really interesting because like almost everything he does is just a nudge in a direction, right? Things can go one way or the other. And he usually makes it the more tragic of the two. And Mm. he's kind of like an author (laughs) in that sense, writing his own tragedy, except for it's in the real, in real world. Um, which I think is maybe an interesting thing to talk to Steve about, but uh, I think he'll have, I think he'll have thoughts along this direction. I don't know.
2: We'll see. Want to be more interested in Errant, but right now I'm just a bit frustrated with the character.
0: Uh, let, let me be clear. I don't I don't blame you at all. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't very interested in him the first time around either. I yeah. started getting interested in him around like when I started reading Carcanus, Really, um, mm. and. When I reread Midnight Tides this time, I became more interested because I had missed a lot of the exposition around him Uh, and I hadn't hadn't thought about it very much. But um, your disinterest is perfectly fine and (laughs) I do not expect (laughs) anyone else to subscribe to my interests. Um, yeah. Oh, we haven't talked about Sin. I just want to point out that Sin is obscenely powerful and uh, is largely the one destroying the ice around Letharis. Very cool, Sin.
2: So all the ice that's being melted, isn't that just, like, turning the Um Omto's Phalak power into, like, into male's realm? Like, does that make male more powerful? His realm I, bigger?
0: Sense, his realm is getting bigger, yeah. Like, the, the, the shore is being drowned by the sea, which the Shaker are very upset about. And right. it's definitely bringing a lot of ecological change to mm-hmm.
4: Um
0: And, of course, the the ice is the metaphor made real. The ice is melting, so are the metaphorical barriers around Letharus, both magical and philosophical.
1: Look at that. And temporal.
2: Oh, temporal. Um, yeah, somebody wants the the thing that's frozen in the ice to be released.
0: Yeah, that's the demon from Midnight Tides. Right. That they trapped. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's just sitting there. It's, uh, yep, the ice is melting. Um, Erickson uses the word chthonic, and that's a really good word. I think everyone should appreciate that word.
2: Chthonic?
0: Yeah. It's from Greek there were the chthonic gods which were sort of like the old gods of the earth that came al- came around before the olympians
2: mm, so not chthonic
0: not not chthonic no <laughs> well it's yeah, yeah i'm pretty sure it's pr- pronounced chthonic um, it is and uh yeah uh, the Errant is very much a chthonic god he he was around before this current crop and he's upset he's very angry <laughs>
1: Cool. Mm-hmm. That concludes this episode. If you want to join the read-along and or contribute listener questions, check us out in the Legendarium's Discord. You can find the link on the Legendarium.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at GreenTeamPod for updates and fun times. Check out the Legendarium podcast for Wheel of Time, Cosmere, and Lord of the Rings content, and so much more. Thank you to our panelists, Ashman, Janeth as a boy, and Fuddle Panda. I'm here and fan. Until next time.